another inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, Senior Pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire and empower you. God is good. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Let's start reading. By the way, I've got a new Bible. I'm really happy about it because it's the 1984 translation of the NIV. For those of you who know me would know I've been on on an eight-month struggle to adapt to the 2011 translation of the NIV, but they've changed so many words, and I memorize Scripture. I love memorizing Scripture. It's one of my favorite things to do. And so what I found was like it made me dyslexic because I don't actually read it. I kind of half read it. Two-thirds I do it from memory. And so then I'd look at the page and it would all be different to what my memory tells me, but, all, but quite similar, but quite different because like two in every, uh, I think it's like one in every 10 words is different. That's a lot of different words. And so it was just enough to totally make me sound like I can't even read. So I'd be able to go, you know, uh, like this, like an absolute, you know, like I'm not quite all there, but I am all there. But this Bible's awesome because it was the only 1984 translation of the Bible that I could find as I searched through the Bible Society warehouse. I'd like to thank my sponsor. Um, And uh, what's awesome about this one is that it's pre-highlighted. So even though I literally just got it the other day, it looks like I've been reading it for years. It's awesome. It's like spirituality in a box. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. If only it meant my, you know, I had read it. But anyway, I, I do read it. I read it every day. All right. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. If you're there, shout yes. If you love God, say right on. If you hate the devil, give me a growl. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Our key verse this morning, verse 2. This is what the ancients were commended for. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I'm going to preach from verse 3 tonight. Verse 4, by faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. Verse five, by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Obviously, we know that in the Scriptures, this is such an incredibly key passage of Scripture. As we now begin to break from verse 6 all the way through and listing off our great heroes of the faith, And we're in the middle of a series in our church at the moment, simply entitled Heroes, when we're bringing into our church to preach across this month, great heroes of the faith who have been born, raised, made a significant contribution in New Zealand, Aotearoa, and also throughout the world. As I was preparing to speak this morning, I read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and verse 2, and was struck by, again, the simplicity of the challenge of to you and I to be a people 
people, a community who are alive with the spirit of faith. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says that, you know, it simply says that faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Let's start with the second half, certain of what you do not see. In other words, we serve a God that we cannot see, a God who is invisible. When I sit down to talk about my faith with my children, they say, why does everybody in our school not believe in Jesus? How come they don't all believe in God? And we say, well, kids, that's because it requires faith to believe in a God that you cannot see. But children, have you experienced that God? Do you know that God? The unseen God that you cannot see is an amazing God, an amazing thing. But the reality is we need faith to believe in that God. And the Bible says being sure of what you hope for and certain of the one that you cannot see. That's what it is. In other words, faith is to believe that God is alive that God is real. But not only that, the second half it says is to be certain, sorry, to be sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. So in other words, we have to believe that God is alive and we also have to be sure of what we hope for. In other words, to live our lives, not only believing in God, but certain, sure, that what we hope for, what's beyond us, our dreams, the future, the great things that God has got in store will actually come to pass. That's what it means to be a person of faith, to live not only knowing that God is real, but that He's got something greater for us in our tomorrow. That's why Abel offered the sacrifice of, a, of, a, 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 of his first fruits and God spoke well of his offering because he was seeing Jesus, the firstborn son, dying for us. By faith, he believed that God was real and he believed that redemption was coming. That's why Abraham obeyed and when? Because he not only believed that God was real, but that God was going to do something great in the future. By faith, Noah built an ark because he believed that God was real and he believed that God was going to do something. And church, this is what it means to be a people of faith, to live like God is not only alive, but to be sure of what we hope for. Our hopes, our hope is that New Zealand will be one that our families will be impacted, that we will win back a lost generation to Jesus, that teenagers will sweep into the church, that the church will not become an older company of believers, but like our church, the Church of New Zealand will be populated with a new generation. Come on, give the Lord some praise in every campus. That the church will rise as a, as a people of answers to the challenges of Aotearoa, that we will, we will see God's plan advance. That's our hope. But faith goes beyond that. It says to live out of the certainty of what we hope for, the surety. In other words, to move to a place where it's not just a benign, like, oh, that would be great if that happened, we hope for it, but to live in it, to move forward in it is what faith is. It's to live like God's alive and real and He's got something great in store. And verse 2 says, this is what the ancients were commended for. 
In other words, what brought the ancients the commendation of heaven, the reason why these heroes of the faith are heroes of the faith was because they lived like God was alive and real and had something great in store. And what God is looking for from you and I, if we are gonna earn the commendation of heaven in our generation, we must live like God is alive and real and has got something great in store. To live our lives out of that is the only way that we get God's commendation. Verse six says that if we don't have faith, the belief that God is alive and real and has got something great in store that then shapes the way that we live, without that, it is impossible to please Him. Why? Because anybody who comes to God has got to do two things. What? Number one, believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. In other words, believe that He is alive and live like He's got something great in store. It's in verse one, it's again in verse six. And as we're launching into this hero series, I believe God's saying to our church that this is a season when He wants to increase our faith, increase our belief that He is alive and real and has something great in store. We, we designed this hero series before we'd even turn 10 years old as a church to have the month that we're having with people like Winky Prattney, to have people like Brian Houston, Phil Pringle, to have Ian Grant, uh, to have Peter Mortlock, Pastor Mike Knott here from Wellington, have these great heroes of the faith come and preach across the stage. Doesn't happen because we asked them last week. We asked them last year, and the reason why is because our church closed out at the end of last year, 10 years of Arise. We are stepping into the next 10 years. And as we're stepping into the next 10 years, I felt like God said to me, bring in the heroes of the faith so that we can be inspired by what God has already done in New Zealand over the days that have already been. Let's move forward as we honour those who have come before us. I mean, think about these great heroes. Winky Prattney was here in April. The reason why is that he's quite old right now and he lives six months in America, then six months in New Zealand. So he came in April. But here is this young Māori boy raised in, in South Auckland, in the depths of South Auckland with his father, you know, a breakthrough cyclist, a Māori cyclist, an incredible guy, you know, incredible things, wasn't able to compete in the Olympic Games, raised in an era where the world looks so very different to the way that it looks right now. And here comes this little Māori boy from South Auckland who is now probably one of the most traveled preachers on the face of this planet today, an absolute legend who has been instrumental in seeing so many significant things take place in our modern era, the Jesus movement. When you think about leaders of the Jesus movement of the 1970s, you think of Winky Prattney. Keith Green became a Christian. Barry Maguire became a Christian. He was influential in Bob Dylan's life for a short period of time. These amazing people swept into the kingdom, an incredible movement of God, and Winky was right there at the center of it. I have at home in a box, a, a literally a, 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 a ring-bound copy of a book called Youth of Flame that Winky wrote in the late 1960s. And my parents sat under his teaching in Great Barrier Island as they were instructed in Youth of Flame. Now I've got a com uh, that copy. I've also got a recent copy as a manual was written for a generation to win their world to Jesus Christ. 
been instrumental in things like Youth with a Mission getting up and going, Teen Challenge, uh, Agape Force, which you might not have heard of, but incredible movements of God have come on the earth through a young Māori boy from South Auckland. God is looking for some heroes. Ian Grant. Ian Grant, raised in Lower Hutt on the foothills of the, of the, the, the Mangareki Slopes, goes to school as a teacher so abusive that he ends up living the rest of his life with a profound stutter. You don't see it when he preaches in the pulpit, but if you converse with him outside of it, he still stutters heavily to this very day. Yet ended up in a time when New Zealand only had one TV channel. His show, The Herd, took over primetime television every Sunday night for year after year after year as a generation of New Zealanders got to hear the gospel and a Christian slant on relevant issues because one man who outside of the camera and outside of the stage stutters very heavily was used by God in an absolutely powerful way. Youth for Christ filled the town hall next door in Wellington when they said this city could never be won. Filled the Christchurch town hall, Auckland town hall, hall after hall after hall. And if I was to ask for a show of hands for mums and dads and people in their 40s around the auditoriums gathered this morning who found Jesus at a Youth for Christ rally, hands would go up everywhere as a generation of New Zealanders were swept into the kingdom because of a stuttering boy from Lower Hutt. That's a hero. Phil Pringle is from Masterton, who now has been able to lead a movement of churches that has planted literally thousands of churches all over the world. Recently, he just spoke to a football stadium with 140,000 people in it in Seoul, Korea, and every single person in that football stadium was a life group leader of Yongi Cho's church, an incredible influence around the globe, an incredible influence in New Zealand and in Australia, and he comes from Masterton. I'm telling you, God has chosen people who have believed that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Our King Jesus was not born in a royal palace, but born in a manger. And from that time till this, God has chosen people from obscurity, from the shadows, and raised them up to do something amazing for God. And if God can use Ian Grant, if He can use Winky Prattney, if He can use Phil Pringle, then He can use you, my friend. God can put His hand upon your life. I don't know what you're looking at in terms of limits, but I know my God has none. He can use anybody who gives their life to Him. Anybody who puts Him first can change their generation for Jesus. Heroes. Oh my gosh, God is looking for a group of people who are going to live like He is real and then act like He rewards those who push forward in Him. Take some faith and move. Hebrews 11, when we begin to read Hebrews chapter 11, I mean, the names are amazing. We begin to go through these incredible heroes and what they've been able to accomplish and their testimony is truly phenomenal. Abel, Enoch, Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab. I love Rahab because here's a girl who gets her own verse in Hebrews chapter 11. Gideon, 
Barak, Gideon just gets name reference. Oh, time doesn't let us tell of Gideon and Barak, Jephthah, David, and Samuel. They just get name reference and then we move on. Rahab gets her own verse. I mean, it's amazing to see what these men and women were able to accomplish. They made offerings. They built buildings. They left their homelands. They became pregnant. They spoke of the future. They lived like God was alive and He had something great in store. And church is just a simple message. But the way we get the commendation of heaven, this is what the ancients were commended for. They were commended not just for benevolent acts, not just for pious living. In other words, just being kind to people and just living without swear words, you know, just just being nice people is simply not enough to get heaven's attention. God wants us to live like He is alive and real and to live out of a confidence that He's got something great in store. And faith is, you know, runs at odds with safe living. Faith runs at odds with living for me. Faith won't allow us to stay stationary. Faith won't allow us just to camp where we are. Faith doesn't permit a kumbaya. Let's just, you know, all hold hands and sing we are one in the Spirit till our palms get sticky. Faith demands of us action, risk, pushing forward. He rewards those who earnestly, diligently seek Him. I'm going after you, believing for something greater. I'm taking ground for God. I'm putting my basket, the eggs in my basket in the future and not in the present. Oh man, when you start to read these amazing people, it's just such an inspiration. I love verse 13 of Hebrews 11. It is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. They admitted they were aliens and strangers on earth. They just said, this isn't my home. The next world is my home. So I'm going to spend every day that I'm here out of the knowledge that God is alive and winning as many people to Him as I can. I'm pressing forward. I'm going upward. Oh man, I just turned 40, but I'm determined that in my 40s, I'm not slowing down. You don't have to slow down. I've never been fitter in all my adult life than I am today. Today. I'm fitter than I've ever been, more passionate than I've ever been. Believing for greater things than we've ever seen. Committed to greater areas of fasting in 2013 I've ever committed to in my life before. I'm believing for the greatest years of my life. And I'm here to tell you that if you believe God is alive and real, there's never a season of your life when yesterday is better than tomorrow. Somebody say amen to that. God is wanting us every day that we are alive to believe for greater, to move forward in what He has for us. Church, we have to take ground for Jesus. These heroes of the faith that have been coming to preach in our church have done incredible, unprecedented things for God. But they are not the end of New Zealand heroes. By the way, Hebrews chapter 11 lists off these well-known characters. Then it gives name reference to Gideon through to Samuel. And then it says, and by the way, we can't even tell you about all the other names, but there are women who received their dead back to life again. People who quenched the fire, people who braved the sword, people who who through faith 
possessed promises. And it, whether your name is written in the history books or remain unsung heroes in the background, people who live like God is alive and real and are pushing forward believing that He's got greater things in store are all heroes. There are thousands of heroes in our church whose names might never get written in Hebrews 11 or ever asked to preach on a stage like this one. But you're heroes nonetheless. Because God is looking for a group of people who are going to live out of the conviction that He is alive and real and that He has great things in store. Ten years we've been going. When we started Arise Church ten years ago, what I'm doing right now was not invented. I am preaching right now and people in Christchurch are enjoying this message, responding to it, being blessed by it. People in Hamilton as well. I hope you are. I pray you are. I have faith, you see, so I just spoke it out with certainty. But you couldn't do this 10 years ago. Now, we do it in set up and pack down environments. 5 a.m. in the morning, people started putting this all together and look, we can do it in an instant, just like that. We'll do it tomorrow with the staff meeting in our office. We, 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 people didn't have church websites 10 years ago. We didn't. When we launched Your Eyes Church, no one had a website. We're still in the days when you paid 450 bucks if you wanted to use your cell phone more than three times a week. Can anybody remember those days? Some of you like remember them. I'm still paying for it, but you know. But the world has changed in 10, in 10 years, drastically, radically. The world will change radically in the next 10. And where will the church be? Inviting these heroes of the faith in here is not to say, you know, let's give you an applause before you retire. It's not what I'm meaning. But to look at what has been will not take the church into what God has for it. We have to be inspired and submit to those and honor those who have led the way and are leading the way. And then we must also embrace the fact that for many of us, God is putting his hand upon our lives and saying, now it is your turn to lead the way. Your turn to live like he is alive and real and that he wants us to live not out of our comfort of our today, but out of the promise of what he has in store to take risks today to be fruitful tomorrow. We have to push forward, church. We have to believe for greater things. We have to diligently, earnestly, and with passion push forward. If these heroes of the faith can emerge from what they have emerged from, if a, if a Māori boy in the 1960s can become a national voice of Christianity, if a stuttering kid from Lower Hutt can become a mouthpiece that reaches secular New Zealand, if a boy from Masterton can speak to an arena in Korea, then who knows what God could do? We haven't even talked about Brian Houston, a student of Hutt Valley High School. Now the most influential church on planet Earth hails from right here in Wellington. And if God can do that, then what can He do through you? What can He do through you? What can He do through us? If together we said, you're alive, you're real, and you work through people who put you first and live like you're alive and real. Oh my gosh, I believe with all my heart that the greatest days of what God is going to do in New Zealand, we are yet to see. Come on.
If you want to make your torch look more powerful, just block out more windows in your house. Never be afraid of darkness because light conquers it every single time. Let's never believe that God has finished moving. He hasn't finished. He's just getting started. Somebody give him some praise in this building. Come on. Courageous people possess promises. I reckon it looked pretty dark for Daniel when he was led into exile by Nebuchadnezzar, thinking this is it, the end of God's favored people. Then asked to bow before a statue or face the fiery furnace. I bet this is it. But as his friends stood tall and proud and said, we will not bow, the most significant evangelism of their era takes place when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, writes a letter to every citizen of his realm, the then known world, and says, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the one true and living God. And I'm here to tell you that if you put God first, we can see God do something amazing. We can see the greatest testimony for God that a generation has ever seen in the days that are ahead of us. We're here to take ground for Jesus. If you believe it, say amen this morning. I'm preaching myself excited today. We, 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 are, we are stepping into the next 10 years believing that everything we've ever done as a church has been the foundation for what we are about to do. We held hands in February across every Arise campus and prayed together and said, we are the church planting team of Arise Church for the next 10 years. And man, I believe that with all my heart. I believe it. I believe we're stepping into something powerful. I believe we're launching into something new. I believe we will see New Zealand one for Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews chapter 11, the great people that have come across the stage whose strengths are so evident and whose weaknesses are so profound, if we are surrounded by people who've been able to do what they have done, then let us throw off everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles. And I reckon a lot of believers look at that and start just focusing on overt sins. But it starts by saying, everything that hinders. I've been a pastor half my life. Let me tell you some things that hinder. Pride, independence, worrying about who gets the credit, a lukewarm heart, guarded Christians, hurt Christians, hinder what God is doing. I'm not trying to beat people up for the pain of their lives, but I am issuing a real clear challenge. Move past it. Get over it. Push forward. We cannot live our lives in what limited our yesterdays. There are people who've been attending half pie life groups in Arise for way too long. Call it what it is, time to grow up. You know, with my son, Will, I love him, but he doesn't like details. So for his whole life, he'll never put his shoes on properly. He'll throw his feet into laces that are done up. 
then he'll end up with the tongues of his shoes, half in the soles. You know, any parent here knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's just like for him, he doesn't feel discomfort. What he thinks is it's quicker. I've got it done. Let's get outside, play with the ball. So now I make him sit down on the stairs, undo the Velcro, pull up the tongue, put your foot in properly. Is the, he- is the back flap done right? Now, put it across, pull it tight, get that tongue right, do it once. Do it the next day, do it the next day, do it the next day. You know what? Disciplined action is moving him forward. And there are people who are Christians who are doing too little for God for too long. Too long. You are who God is going to use. Step up. Get rid of what hinders you. Move forward. Open your home. Open your heart. Move forward. Let's take a nation for Jesus. I I believe there are literally maybe about 400 people hearing my voice right now and God's saying to you specifically, It's time to live like He's alive. It's time to live like He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Push forward. I've got four points for you in no time, but let me throw them out because I've put some time into them and they're worth sharing. Number one, if we're gonna earn the commendation of heaven in our generation, we need to invest in a greater tomorrow. We need to make an investment not in today, but in tomorrow. We're gonna build this campus in the Hutt Valley. We're gonna pay it off. Then we're gonna move on to the next one and spend the next 10 years moving forward in resources that will position our church to touch this nation for Jesus. It's a season where we have to invest, not into what we've got, but in tomorrow. We've hired three junior, young pastors already this year across the rise, but we're getting ready to hire more. Just put new people on staff in Christchurch, young, moving them forward. My son Solomon is young and inexperienced. That's what we're looking for. So that in the future, they'll be ready to become the people who build the house. We have to make an investment in a greater tomorrow. I just know with all my heart, this is what God wants us to do, is to move people forward. So we're investing, we're taking risks. Join us, take some risks. Let's do this. Let's build some campuses. Let's fund these buses. Let's resource these young pastors. We need to make an investment right now to see the future that we wanna see. You know, we've got, we've got right now like two or three buses parked outside this Michael Fowler Center. It's awesome. But I was driving out last week and God said, you'll need a car park for buses in the days to come. A car park for buses. Because we're going to bus in a generation who are going to find Jesus. Man, it's, it's costly. But let's invest in a greater tomorrow. Let's take ground for Jesus. Come on. Let's move forward. Amen. Number two. Let's take hold of a God-honoring vision, God-honoring dream. If I had time, I'd talk to you about Rahab, who took hold of a dream that wasn't even her own, but made allegiance with it, and then took a place in the heroes of the faith. Number three, put Jesus at the center of every day. 
This is really our Thought Apocalypse series revisiting us right now. But you know, we've got to make sure that we're living like God is alive every day, making a difference, sharing a testimony, touching new people for God. Number four, let's live like heaven is our home. We've got to live like heaven is our home. And this place is just our preparation ground. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and John Cameron, go to arise.org.nz or follow them on Twitter at John Cameron NZ and at Arise Church.